We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is June 26, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by the co host. Luke, Sylvia, Luke, what is going on, man? How are you? Good. At this point, man, we're just uh, off season. Just for whatever reason, it's going by a little bit quicker for me this time around than last year. It felt like. And with that being said, we're not far away from summer league and the ball just kind of continues rolling. It's crazy. It, It feels like it's going this quickly. Yeah, we had the summer league schedule come out yesterday as well as some other news which we'll get to in just a moment let me see if i can't pull up that summer league schedule here so the summer league schedule the magic their first game is going to be july 8th which is going to be versus detroit that game is going to be on espn at 5 30 eastern time it'll be anthony black and jet howard's summer league debut from everything that we heard from the press conferences the other day with Anthony Black and Jet Howard. It does sound like Jet Howard's ankle is healthy enough for him to play in Summer League, so I expect both of those guys to play in Summer League. Then on July 10th, Orlando versus Indiana on NBA TV. That'll be 8.30 Eastern time. Then July 12th, Orlando versus New York. That'll be on ESPN2 at 8 o'clock Eastern time. And then the last scheduled Summer League game for now is going to be on the 13th. So they'll have a back-to-back Orlando versus Portland on ESPN2. That'll be 9 o'clock Eastern time. And then depending on the Magic's record and the record of all the other Las Vegas Summer League teams, that will dictate the Summer League tournament games and all of that will be announced at a later date. So mark in your calendar, July 8th, 10th, 12th, 13th. I'm a little disappointed that you said we play the Blazers last. Did we put them back-to-back, you said, or no? Yeah. So I'm a little disappointed it's not the first couple of games I would have loved to see the Magic play against Scoot. I'm going to assume Scoot kind of goes the Palo route and uh, plays just a couple games. And I, I, I fear that we're going to miss out on seeing a uh, a Scoot appearance. So a little irritating, and that'd be really my only takeaway. Obviously, the Pacers, you know, you're going to get uh, your looks there with the Pacers, who obviously got Jairus Walker. Um, they got like four draft picks. So they're going to have a lot of guys out there. Um, so that'll be something to look for as well. They got Isaiah Wong from the uh, University of Miami, who's a good guard who can fill it up, who could be a summer league problem, I think. So it'll be a fun game against Indiana. But yeah, my 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 only negative here is that we don't get to see Portland sooner. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how many games like even Anthony Black and, and Jet Howard play out. So Paolo was, what was it, two? I think was mm-hmm. all that we saw out of Paolo. Yeah. Who knows? I, I feel like, like I, I seem to remember guys used to play like all of summer league, but that doesn't really seem to be a thing anymore, especially yeah. with the size of the summer league rosters. Like when we had the Orlando summer league, we had two Orlando teams. Man, so really like being back. able to get a look at a ton of prospects wasn't a huge idea, but 
Yeah, so that's going to be the eighth. So we've got uh, basically like seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 12 days until summer league from the time that you guys are listening to this, if you're listening to it on Monday. So very much looking forward to that. Wanted to just remind you guys really quickly, if you hadn't seen the video already, uh, we did our or released our first episode of what we're calling the sixth fan show. It was really just too easy, you know, with the name already. So we decided to go with that. But basically what that's going to be is our boy Ben is going to be outside of select home games this year, interviewing fans before games, more than likely it's going to be after games, getting your reactions to the games, whether it's a big win, whether it's a crushing loss. We wanted to figure out a way of how can we get the fan base more involved in the content that we're creating. And this is a fantastic idea. We're really excited about it. You mostly see it done for like English Premier League teams. So it's very much like a soccer thing, but we're trying to bring it to basketball and just a way to to rile the fans up get everybody super pumped up about the team. If you're excited after a win, you can come and give your takes. If you're pissed off after a loss, you can come and give your takes. You, you know, want say somebody should be traded or or whatever. Whatever comes to mind, this is going to be your guys' outlet to come and do that. So I think we're going to shoot for 20 games this first year that we're doing this, and as the schedule comes out, Luke, that's when we're all going to sit down and say, "All right, these are the games that we're going to do. And then, of course, we'll let you guys know when that's going to be so you can know when to look for Ben outside of Amway after these games. There is one NBA team that gets coverage like this, kind of like a man on the street way perspective. That's a little bit of a different breed. Yeah. And uh, it's the, we're obviously talking about Bing Bong, the New York Knicks. And I don't remember the outlet. Uh, I know they have like a microphone for their logo. I side think. talk, side, side, something like that, right? Yeah, that sounds right. Something close to that. So yeah, we're obviously you guys aren't as crazy as Knicks fans because those are. We would love for you guys to be. By the way, like as much as you guys want to feel after games and be in your feels, whether it be positive or negative, feel free. The fans will love it, right? Listeners will love it. Some of them will probably resonate with it, and it's great content. So we, and at the end of the day, we're trying to do that. We're trying to bring you guys great content. So we would love for you guys to be just juiced up after every magic game that we're out there and doing those. And hopefully it uh, instills a little bit more passionate magic fans too, right? They're, they're seeing some other, some people being pretty passionate on our six fan videos. And they're thinking, maybe I should, maybe I should uh, start feeling this way about this team. Maybe I should be as invested as that guy or maybe not, but we hope you guys enjoy it. Ben did a great job out there uh, um, doing those and conducting that and uh, even had a guy, uh, a fan, take a mic from him, which was rule number one. Ben's learning. But that is rule number nobody, one. You might not get it back. On our watch, we, we, we would like to not have mic takes anymore, but we're here for the content as well. So we let it slide that time and put it in the video, obviously. But uh, yeah, I, I really hope that you guys buy into it plan to be out there and talk to ben at least just say what's up even if you, even if you don't want to be in the video it means a lot just any type of support we can get from you guys yeah we're hoping this will be like a more regular version of like the nick side talk because they'll release like one or maybe two a year or an extra one if they go to the playoffs we're hoping to have one of these like every couple of weeks so really looking forward to that so be on the lookout follow us on all the social media channels YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Obviously, we'll be talking about it here on the pod. Once the schedule comes out, we have a better idea of what games Ben is going to be at. Uh, but make sure you just come out and, and bring your passion, bring your hot takes, find Ben, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Six Fan Show. So looking forward to that. In other news, in FIBA-related news, pretty, I don't want to say shocking, but surprising, definitely, because it seemed like this player was going to sit out this FIBA World Cup altogether. But yesterday, Shams Charani reported that Paolo Bancaro has agreed to play for Team USA this summer for the FIBA World Cup. So he is joining Mikhail Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis and Austin Reeves as the current Team USA roster for the 2023 FIBA World Cup. There is one spot remaining 
for them to get to the 12-man roster. Not playing for Italy, Luke, what was your reaction to the announcement of Paolo playing for Team USA? We've talked about it, right? Like We both have shared the sentiment that we would have liked to see him play for Italy. And really the sole reason being, we would have loved to see him be the guy. Now, don't get me wrong, on this team, it's not like LeBron, KD, Steph, like those guys aren't coming out right now. So there still could be games where Paolo is able to show out. I think that that definitely shouldn't be overlooked. There's games that can be exciting and and, and all of that. Now, uh, kind of the argument that I had been hearing for people who wanted him to be Team USA, Kevin Tucker, producer Kevin being one of those people, really saying, you know, you, you look at how it's able to kind of launch pad someone's career, being around all those guys, learning, working, playing on the international stage, and just gaining really confidence too. Franz Wagner at the beginning of last year was a little shaky after playing, uh, you know, in, in representing Germany. But, you know, you could probably attribute the way that he kind of stepped up at, after that and got his legs back under him, attribute that to maybe playing internationally and the step that he took last year. The one thing, as much as that is incredible, obviously, the one thing that I am going to, that I'm thinking I'm valuing here with Paolo being on Team USA, he's building connections. As the magic get better, as the magic get better, he's going to be able, there's going to be guys that are like, man, I, I like this Paolo guy. We play him a couple times a year. He's a good player. He's young. He's whatever. The Magic are winning games now. And now I'm kind of, you know, shoulder to shoulder with Paolo Bancaro telling me, you know, all these things, especially on these teams where there's not really a true superstar really there, right? As of now for this, for the FIBA appearance, you got some guys on that team that you wouldn't mind the Magic taking a look at down the road. Why not? Right? They got options. They got decisions to make. Paolo's pretty locked in with the Magic as we've seen. He's on a rookie deal. He's only got, you know, he's got a few years left still on that. So there's some guys that have decisions coming up about the magic and, uh, you know, maybe some Austin Reeves action, some other guys like that. But I think that creates a lot of good opportunities for the magic too, by Paolo doing this. I tweeted, you know, shortly after the news came out, you know, that Paolo was joining team USA. And I said, rookie of the year, check gold medal for Paolo is on the way. And I was, I got like, not a ton, but a little bit of pushback from some people like, wow, that's pretty crazy to just say gold medal. Like, first of all, folks, we're just hyping like that's that is my job. I'm hyping Paolo Bancaro. But when you look just around the, the world at the FIBA teams, the Team USA, every single international competition always has the most talent on their roster. Now, other teams like Spain and France who play together for you know years and years and years and each international competition, the U.S. just tries to kind of like throw a, a team of, of really good players together and see how they mesh. But I like the roster that they're building. I mean, you've, you've got guys like uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Walker Kessler Jr., uh, Walker Kessler Jr., Walker Kessler uh, in the middle there to anchor the defense. You've got great point guards. You've got Jalen Brunson. You've got Tyrese Halliburton. And then you've got guys who are just flat-out shooters, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson. You've got Bobby Portis, who's going to add a little bit of an edge. You've got Austin Reeves, who is a bucket. You've got Brandon Ingram, Anthony Edwards, also buckets. And you've got Paolo Bancaro, who can kind of do it all. Like I think this is a pretty complimentary roster that they're building so far. So, yeah, every international competition that Team USA goes into, you're expecting to come home with the gold. Luke, usually you don't care about Team USA. I don't. Paolo being on Team USA, does that change that at all? I care about Paolo, right? So, like, to be quite honest, if Paolo was playing for Italy and went up against Team USA, I'm sure I'd be met with a lot of boos from this, but I'd be cheering for Team Italy. I, I just don't care about Team USA. Like, I, aside from, like, the business point, you know, perspective that I just kind of brought in as terms of him networking or whatever. I just don't care. Um, it's really funny, though. Like, I, I don't know why I'm this way. Maybe it's just because of the past dominance of Team USA in basketball. But, like, if Team USA is doing curling, I'm, like, my my shirt's off and I'm doing USA chants for, for them to beat whoever it is they're going up against. Team USA is just kind of a foregone conclusion that, yeah, they're going to be incredible and they're going to win the gold and whatever. Maybe as other countries become a little bit more talented, then they present more challenges for Team USA, and it's not an upset when they don't win gold. They win silver instead or bronze or whatever. Then I'll care some more. So we'll see. Obviously, Paolo gets me invested in Team USA coming and upcoming FIBA. So 
hopefully that continues that he just can, is on it for his whole career always does it doesn't become too cool for it i would love to see him just continue to do that because that is the one thing we're kind of missing now is you know guys have become i don't know if it's too cold but maybe just preserving themselves from injury things like that which i get but it's still more fun especially when they're this young as paolo yeah paolo franz germany versus team usa in the fiba cup final the fiba world cup final is going to be a lot of fun so looking forward to that <laughs> And people are going to be, I can't believe you're just assuming that Germany and Team USA are going to be in the final. What about France? Look, a lot of great teams. We're over here hyping the magic right now. <laughs> Sit down. Touch grass. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. One other thing that I wanted to to touch on here before uh, we, we talk more about the draft and kind of, you know, roughly 72 hours since then, um, where we sit now. But I posted a graphic that our wonderful Hannah our graphic designer made of Anthony Black and Jet Howard to kind of welcome them to Orlando. And I'm I'm sitting here and I'm just freestyling like what <laughs> what what sick caption can I can I give this? And I dropped a bar. I can't even lie. I said about to hop on a jet, get it, Jet Howard, to Orlando, because you know, they're coming to Orlando and conjure up some black, you know, Anthony Black. Magic, obviously because of the magic. So about to hop on a jet to Orlando and conjure up some black magic. Right. And I had the sick little emojis in there. Like the, the tweet was a banger, like quite obviously. But what I did not expect from this was like multiple independent comments. And I, I wasn't trying to give Anthony Black a nickname by any means, but there were like a handful of people that were like, oh, wow, Black Magic. Like I really like that for Anthony Black. And I was like, okay. And then it was like a few more. And then I'm like, all right, let's see how people would feel about this because like, we had an awesome nickname in the Human Torch, Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is no longer gone. So, like me, I'm just kind of feeling this nickname void in my heart. So I'm like, let's let's see if we can give this kid a nickname. So I tweeted out. I said, how many people like are are you guys feeling the like Anthony Black nickname? Uh, the I'm sorry, the Black Magic nickname for Anthony Black, and we had 695 votes on this poll. 70.5 percent said yeah that was a lot more than i had anticipated and i don't know it's just kind of cool like i can picture david Steele saying it like oh that was some black magic <laughs> like if he makes a sick pass or you know mm-hmm. put somebody on the floor or something like that i'm just playing that in my mind so if that becomes a thing i i just want look i'm doing the wind horse fingers right now if this becomes a thing remember it was your boy that's all i wanted to say about that yeah yeah i, I think that it's it's cool. And there were some people that kind of drew more, you know, explained it further for the people that were saying no. Right. I saw someone comment and just saying like his hair kind of like mad scientist looking uh, can kind of correlate to the black magic. Obviously, black magic as its term and its definition is uh, also known as dark magic has traditionally referred to the use of supernatural powers or magic for evil and selfish purposes. And well, we're come on, we're not getting it's that, not that deep. It's not that deep, but I'm just saying that's what the, the, the definition is. But obviously, this is the Anthony Black Black Magic version, right? And uh, the selfish part of it is that we all want him to use it for the magic, so he's gonna do that. And uh, I, I'm with it. I also the magic, like the the the, the purple globe looking thing, it's got to be one of the sickest emojis out there. I think it is. It's pretty sick. If we could get some kind of graphic or t-shirt next year of Anthony Black, like in like not Washington Wizard, but like magical wizard garb with like some kind of ball of like the 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 black sorcery crystal ball or whatever, and some kind of awesome magical graphic stuff. My my artists out here, just do what you will with that. But if we can, if we're, you know me, I want to lean into the magic and the wizard and all this kind of rabbit out of the hat kind of stuff. If somebody does that, I will lose my freaking mind and absolutely buy it next you might, year, whether you it's might the see magic it this week or by someone. Maybe. What, do you know something that I don't know? No, I'm just saying. I just know that people like to, you know, take ideas and make them come to life. I wouldn't be shocked if we're getting right. tagged in something this week that they did it. But 
we just hope that then at Anthony Black never at any point leaves us to go to the Wizards with him when we're in Wizard garb, which once again, screw the Wizards for doing that. Super dumb. I'm I'm just mad at uh what's his freaking name? David Stern for allowing that when you already have a team. It's like, yeah. hey, uh we're the the Suns. Can we be like the sun like you have the suns over there we're just like the sun now like we're, can we do that like it's I kind mean, of the same thing i was going like, to say no. the heat but you know <laughs> yeah it's, yeah it's stupid honestly <laughs> two fiery balls david like with with the expansions in the 80s david stern was like you know what screw these teams you guys can just use whatever name you want whatever david steel uh, david steel oh my i said Dave, i said screw david steel <laughs> i did not mean screw david steel I love David Steele. Someone's clipping. Screw David Stern. Somebody's going to clip this now. David Steele's going to see it. My life is just going to be over. I never meant to say that. I love David Steele. All right. This just really, we're off on a tangent now. I know I said that was the last thing. This is actually the last thing before we talk about the draft. With the draft, the result of the draft, it's no secret that the Magic are still in need of a backup center. And someone that a lot of people were circling as a target in free agency for the Magic was Minnesota's Nas Reed. Now, Nas Reed signed today. I think it was a three-year, $42 million deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves. So he's locked down now. So no longer an option. Broke my heart, honestly, because I was really hopeful, especially with the amount of money that we have going into free agency and not really having a lot of other like glaring needs or other positions that were going to be chasing after i was like man we've got a ton of money to maybe overpay a little bit for a guy like nas reed to try to lure him to orlando but minnesota was like nah we're getting this done now so i know you're big on drew eubanks and i think a lot of that had to do with like the cost and we were unsure of like how much we're really going to be able to spend in free agency but if really the main thing that we're going into free agency and it does seem this way the main thing that we're targeting now is a backup center. I just feel like, you know, one of these guys like Mason Plumley or, or Thomas Bryant, those are guys I would just rather have over Drew Eubanks. I know that you're like, oh, it's Eubanks season, but I'm like, I don't know. I kind of like those other guys a little bit more than Eubanks. That's fine. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, up in arms about a backup center selection unless i don't know you've been you've been heavy on the eubanks train i just i like it listen let's be honest here right so we're in that episode and we're going down the list and you've named a couple guys and i was like drew eubanks is is not bad i i for whatever reason had watched some drew eubanks uh this past season and games and whatever i might have had you know money somewhere with i don't know with drew eubanks whether it was DraftKings or something but um, I, I just think that, you know, at that point I was just kind of like, well, he's there. He averages a solid in 20 minutes a game, you know, five rebounds over a block, you know, seven, six and a half points. You're not going to ask him to score. He's a backup center. But then it, someone said it the other day and I don't remember who it was. Was it were something about Drew Eubanks? I don't remember why or whatever, but it, it's some correlation of the magic where I was like, oh yeah, exactly. I said that a few weeks ago. I, I don't mind that at all. He's just kind of a guy that I definitely wouldn't mind if we got him. Worst comes to worst, you get Drew Eubanks. I'll be able to sleep at night. He's a decent player and what you'd want in a backup center. And also well, can grow with the team. He's 25. Yeah. I mean, Thomas Bryant, 25. Mason Plumlee, a little bit older, but hey. Like we didn't want to draft two rookies, or some people didn't want us to draft two rookies. True. But here we are. Team is even younger now. A guy like Plumlee could definitely come in and, and be, you know, the veteran presence that this team, you know, definitely can use a little bit more of. So, um, but here we are. What is it? Friday free agency starts. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll probably have an answer to this question, hopefully by next Monday. So uh, maybe we'll have a little free agency primer on Thursday's episode. Talk about it a little bit more. Yep. But I really think. You know, maybe they add a, another shooter, maybe like another wing, but backup center is absolutely like the biggest need heading into free agency. And the Magic are going to have, you know, cap space, especially if they maybe they move on from Gary Harris. Like they'll have a lot of cap space to go after a, a backup center. Not saying you should spend all of that on a backup center. That would be a little bit irresponsible, but like the Magic should not, the issue shouldn't be not being able to pay a guy enough. 
to yeah. bring him here. Like if you go somewhere else, you prefer that situation or that market, whatever. But the Magic should not be getting outbid yeah. for any of these backup centers that we're talking about. Did here. you see Windhorse? Uh, I think it was him talking on like the, a draft show of some sort, just talking about how the Magic he had heard that they were going to be aggressive to improve quickly or quicker than the rate that we were going. And he said something to the effect of they were trying to do it through the draft and trade their picks or like one of their picks or yada yada. And clearly it didn't happen is what he said. So it does make me think that for the first time in a while, we may not see the magic just sit out free agency and just do little small, small things. It's actually going to be more, you know, important things pivotal to the future of this franchise. So I'm really excited about that. I'm already excited about free agency typically just because, you know, the NBA is the NBA. It's the greatest sport entertainment in the world. But when your team is involved and you think the magic could do something, I'm not saying we're going to get a superstar, but it is going to be exciting. You're going to be adding guys that are going to pay, play legitimate minutes and hopefully contribute for the next few years as a result. Yeah. I just go back to Jeff Weltman's comments before the draft one about still evaluating their young players like how they're still doing that and then talking about like not skipping steps like both of those comments kind of contradict that report from brian windhorse and the important thing to remember folks is just because someone is reporting something one doesn't make it true but just because it's not true doesn't mean they're lying he very well could have heard that doesn't make it accurate right like when we talk about the front office not leaking things, that's what we're talking about. They're not they they're not going to leak their true intent before they're able to like leverage the situation to make that happen or to follow through on that intent. So who knows where Brian Windhorse is getting that from? I can almost guarantee you it's not coming directly from the Magic front office. No one's calling him like, "Hey, Wendy, this is what we're saying. Go ahead and say it on the draft show." Like no right. nobody's doing that. So that's There's the only thing I would go probably back getting to. calls from Jeff and clearly by the, maybe the proposals or something that he was doing insinuates that based on the players he was asking for, he's wanting to get better quicker. And so I think that there's still some truth to it in that regard. I mean, I get what you're saying and I know that Jeff said that, you know, before the draft, but what he thinks is, is going for it and skipping steps and whatever doesn't mean he's not saying we're going to, you know, get, you know, turn some, some heads and free agency with not a, like I said, not a superstar signing, but something that makes this team better and and moves the needle for this team for for a few years. All right, let's hold that thought because it kind of free, feeds into my feelings about the draft and and how it went for the Magic on Thursday night. So, I want to give a quick shout out to the folks that helped make this episode and every episode possible. Our wonderful patrons. If you've never heard of Patreon, uh, Patreon is basically a platform that allows creators to receive support from the people that consume their content, our listeners, our followers, our viewers on YouTube. So as little as $2 a month, uh, for as little as $2 a month, you can help financially support the show. We other have, we also have other tiers. Goodness, I can't speak. We have other tiers uh, where you can get things like uh, exclusive Zoom calls with us each month. We have our elite tier uh, where for $15 a month, you can also get discounts on regular season Orlando Magic tickets, game tickets. So if any of that interests you, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And every episode that we have new patrons, we give them a special shout out. So I want to shout out Nick Georgie, Levitt Perez, and Boris Dirk, who joined us uh, before uh, this episode here. And then each episode, we shout out all of our Hall of Fame and elite tier patrons. Want to give a shout out to Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Magic Static, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, Palo and Francis, Warmth, Pierre A, Nostalgia and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goatee 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Ty Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95, Shred, Junior Bruce, African Shahin one seven seven Bulby the Don Himlo Ban Himro RM Prof two two one Ray Pastrana Magic Kid seven one four Spank too hard Soft Taco Jesse Johnny B Fuego Nando Victor Cologne Fanuel seventy two Irish Magic Mike Austin Lampy Random Hustle Only Franz Maria Keith Wallace Fritz 
Nick G, Currency Kev. Again, a big shout out to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Going back to the draft, now that we've had a few days to just kind of, you know, relax and, and come down off of everything and process things and think about things a little bit more. Uh, first of all, when we left you guys on the last episode, we weren't quite to the second round. So you probably already know this, but if you have not heard, uh, the Magic traded their second round pick, the number 36 pick to the Milwaukee Bucks for a future 2030 second round pick. And of course, cash considerations in return reported by Kobe Price, uh, formerly now of the Orlando Sentinel and is now covering the Lakers. So as suspected, we did not keep that pick, traded it, kicked it down the road. And just a a few pretty interesting things happened after we finished recording. Cam Whitmore goes all the way to 20 to the Houston Rockets. So they end up with an Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore draft in the first round. Pretty crazy. Jazz had a great uh, draft as well. Taylor Hendricks, uh, Keontae George, and Bryce Sensabaugh. Those were all guys that we talked about the Magic potentially taking, and and they end up with a a, a great draft, Luke. Really, anything else from like the NBA draft that surprised you before we talk more specifically about the Magic? Man, I don't think so. I think that you you hit on really the the biggest highlights. Cam Whitmore, man, I'm really interested to see what he does and what he turns into because something went terribly wrong. Something was awful. And then it got to the point where they're like, ah, the value is too good here to pass up in the 20s. Like, not at all what we suspected. That was the biggest thing for me and for probably a lot of people is how far he fell being given that a week before he was being mocked as high as he was. So that was really my only takeaway. I'm trying to pull up the Rockets salaries right now. I don't know if they've already been signed to their rookie deals. It doesn't look like it. So I'm just really curious to know what the rookie scale difference is from like four or five to 20. Because Cam Whitmore lost millions of dollars per year by sliding that far in the draft. And by all accounts, he swears that he's healthy. He said, there is nothing wrong with my medicals. If that is true, 
the, the rumors that the workouts were really bad and that the interviews were really bad. Like, man, the slip all the way from you know a couple of weeks ago, mocked as high as four, all the way down to 20. If that ends up being a steal and they were able to add a man and Cam Whitmore in, in one draft, I mean, that's just an absolute home run. With the Jazz, obviously everyone is is praising that draft because it, it was fantastic with Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, and Bryce Sensiball. Taylor Hendricks, very much the safe pick. Keontae George and Bryce Sensiball were like the big swings. Either one of those pans out, and by all accounts, they had a just absolutely incredible draft. Okay, so back to the magic. We've had three days to, to think about everything. Where are you now? with the draft that the Magic had Thursday night? I think, uh, for me, man, Anthony Black, we talked about it on the last episode, right? That he he's a talented player. He's really great. But he does put a lot of question marks over, not himself, but other guards on the roster. We also talked about it a couple episodes ago where you had said there was reports that he was hesitant to even really give the magic the time of day because of the guards that the magic already have in place. And it just makes me think like, what, what was the conversation? Like if he was having that, you know, hesitancy, what made that smooth over to the point where it wasn't like he was like, I'm not going to the magic, right? <laughs> like he's there. He seems happy by all accounts, videos and things that he's doing, whatever makes me wonder what the front office told him if if maybe it was relayed to them that hey here's what ab's concerns and the front office told him kind of here's our 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 outlook and maybe that's what they did i don't know but i do think that this draws a lot of uh questions for markel fultz and cole anthony specifically both of them up for extension um and i think that the 30th is kind of the day that they're able to make that decision if i'm not incorrect on that very well could be, but they have decisions coming up regardless about those two guys. So I think that that's something to look out for. Maybe they extend one and not the other. That kind of, you know, for the first time in this magic front office history, it feels like they're going to be tipping their hand a little bit of, Hey, this is the direction we're probably going. That would be interesting to see and see how that plays out. So that's really the story behind the story for me is what I'm still thinking about with Anthony black. I'm all aboard uh, to be quite honest with Anthony black for the sense to the sake of, Clear this front office saw things that they loved in the interviews and the workouts. They love his size, obviously, his defensive ability. He checks all the boxes. I think it doesn't look good for other Magic guards, but I think it looks great for Anthony Black and really what my perspective is of him. Back to the Rockets real quick. I was able to do some quick calculations. It looks like Cam Wentworth lost like $4 million a year. That's crazy. Uh, by sliding that far. Back to the Magic now. It is, I've definitely come around to the picks a bit more. Um, And again, not that it ever had anything to do with Anthony Black, because it's not that like I didn't think he was a good player or anything like that. But when we looked at the roster and the most glaring needs were shooting and forward depth and and a backup big, when you had options there like Jairus Walker, like Taylor Hendricks that were at one point, you know, mocked to the magic in, in different mock drafts. It was like each of those guys can, can fill like one of those roles that is like a glaring hole in the rotation right now. Point guard was not a glaring hole in the rotation. Now, do you want to argue that upgrades can be made basically everywhere except, you know, Paolo and Franz at this point, given their age and you know contract situation and future projection, I would argue that basically anywhere else on the roster, you could upgrade in one sense or another. Like those guys, like you, you, you move Franz, unless it's Franz or Paolo, unless it's for like a multi-time all-star, like a top 10 guy, we're going to be sitting here like, yeah, this makes us better now, but like, what about the long-term vision? Like we'd all be pretty upset if those guys were moved. My issue really kind of still with the pick and not so much the issue with the pick but like the questions that this pick creates is like we had bigger holes that we could fill and we're talking about you know Windhorse saying the magic want to move themselves forward more quickly i feel like 
this is a decision that that doesn't really speak to that opinion of the magic. Like taking Anthony Black when you could have just drafted a backup big to play behind Wendell, which wouldn't have caused any questions, and you're immediately upgrading from you know, Mo Wagner or Goga Batadze to a Jarris Walker or to a, a a Taylor Hendricks there. The the Jet Howard pick, like they liked him better than some of the other shooters we talked about, Grady Dick, Jordan Hawkins. Like I don't really have so many questions about that pick, especially now that they've come out and said, hey, we believe that he can be a lot more than what he showed at Michigan. That's really what they are betting on. Jet Howard is going to be better than Grady Dick or, or better than Jet Howard. Guys, uh, not Jet Howard, Jordan Hawkins, guys that they reportedly worked out. Worked out all these guys, and they said, this is the best guy that fits a need that we have. And you know what he's able to do off the bounce and everything like that right now shows more than, than Grady Dick and, and Jordan Hawkins. And I talked about you know Grady Dick being a better defender. Like If you just look at their seasons at Kansas and at Michigan last year, throughout the season, just Grady Dick was a better defender more consistently. However, I will say all that to say, it sounds like that's because Jet Howard was legitimately injured and that affects your lateral you know, movement and your ability to stay in front of guys. So can Jet Howard be a better defender right now than Grady Dick? Grady Dick wasn't a fantastic defender. When I was just comparing the two of them, I was like, why does this make sense? And their post-draft availability um, points to the fact that they just believe that Jet Howard is going to be you know, better than those other guys that we thought about you know, they could draft at 11. But back to Anthony Black, it's like when you have these other holes that you could have filled, this, instead of being a, an upgrade, because I don't know, is this guy going to be better than Cole Anthony or better than Markel Fultz or better than Jalen Suggs from day one? I don't know that anybody can say that with any type of confidence right now. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I wish we could, not not summer league, not preseason, I wish we could have the regular season right now so we can see what they're really thinking. Summer league, you, you can't put too, put too much stock in a summer league. We know that. Preseason rotations and, and minutes are going to be all over the place. When the regular season starts, that's where we're really going to see what they think about all of these guys. So I feel like I'm still going to have these questions until A, someone is moved, someone is traded, or two, we get to the regular season and we can really see what the actual rotations are going to be. Because I... I understand the pick. Anthony Black is fantastic. He's going to be awesome, but I still just have these questions as what does it mean for the other guards? And unfortunately, a big part of this, let's all admit, we're emotionally attached to Markel, to Jalen, and to Cole. And we didn't think we were going to be drafting a guard in this draft because we're like, hey, we've got these guys. They're good. Let's give them time to develop, time to grow. And now all of a sudden, the front office is like, well, actually, we might not be in as invested in those guys as maybe you would have thought. I'm not saying that's true, but these are all of the questions that I have now. Yeah. Ironically, the Jet Howard pick draws less questions than the Anthony Black pick, whereas Jet has far more question marks than Anthony Black, which is the interesting dynamic. And it does pull into that, right? That you talk about there, the emotional attachment Magic fans have to all of the guards that are currently on the roster. It's a little threatening to to your emotional attachment for Anthony Black to come into the room. It's kind of like, hey, what are you doing here? Why why are you here around all of my favorite people? And one of you has got to go at least. And I don't think it's you because you just were brought in here. And I don't, I, I hate this because it feels like we're saying something bad about Anthony Black. Right. And I don't want that to be the vibe at all. Like, I want this to be like the best, most welcoming in, environment for him. But it, you know, it's like we just have questions now. That's yeah. all it really is for me. And you, it, apparently, it feels like Jeff and John have had the conversation on a championship team. Which of these guys can we see being on that roster and getting minutes? And from what they indicated to us on draft night, I think the answer is kind of the same as who's untouchable. Paolo and Franz. That's who we see on this team come championship time. Which is very interesting. Because I would have told you, I 
think Markel can be a point guard on a championship team because it's not like he's a superstar, but he is the guy that's going to impact winning and doesn't step on toes, stays in his lane. It makes everybody better. But clearly they think Anthony Black can be that and more. And that is why I am probably going to get over this maybe quicker than other people because I'm just sticking to my guns of I trust this front office. He must have really crushed every aspect of everything for them to think that as much as like we've all had indicators that this front office loves Markel Fultz, at least Anthony Black can maybe surpass that. Yeah, for me, it's I still am very much trusting the front office. Like I'm not sitting here like, man, they, they screwed up this draft, which like the the national media response to this has been that the magic messed up the draft. And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. Like, they're this is just they thought this guy was the best player, and obviously, they probably see him as part of what they want to do moving forward. So, although it doesn't make sense right now, it's not about right now. Like, this is about growing this team into a contender to be successful and to be sustainably successful for years to come. We're not there yet. We we didn't even make the plan last year so as much as we're talking about playoffs 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 yeah that's awesome you know what team was talking about playoffs 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 a few years ago the Chicago Bulls and now they don't look like they have a real path forward you don't want to end up at in that situation so do I get the confusion from the national media yeah but like to, to grade this draft is like a C I think a that's lot of nice. it has to do with the the I guess perceived reach for Jet Howard but again, I'm just I'm trusting the front office in that pick. That first of all, the kid is a bucket. You go and watch his highlights. It's this the offensive skill set is very obvious. Like the the shooting, the shot making ability, the ability to to create space and make shots off the bounce. You know, sh- shows flashes as like a primary and secondary creator. Probably more so in like a second unit. I don't know that he's ever that in like a starting lineup. The defense for me is really the biggest question for Jet Howard. Like the offense, I'm not worried about. If he comes out and is like a stud defensively, I'm going to be absolutely thrilled about the pick because for me, that's the biggest question about Jet Howard. Yeah. Now, when when I bring up these questions or when people bring up these questions on social media right now around the the fit with our guards, to see people criticizing that and and using the 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 reasoning that oh. Well, we're talking about positionless basketball, positional versatility. Anthony Black can be a three. Like defensively, maybe, yeah. But do you really want Anthony Black right now playing off the ball? I don't think so. I'm not, this is not apples to apples that I'm comparing right now. When we go back a few seasons ago, and we are seeing, you know, rare lineups, but lineups with DJ Augustine bringing the ball up and either. Either uh, either Markel Fultz or Michael Carter Williams just standing in the corner, and each possession the team is effectively each offensive possession playing four on five basketball because teams are just sagging off of Markel or they're sagging off of MCW or the lineups where we saw those guys play together. We kept screaming, "What are you doing?" Like Steve Clifford, what are you doing? You're you're handicapping the offense by running these types of lineups out there. And can Anthony Black grow into, you know, a respectable three-point shooter? Maybe. Like, you know, we all we've seen the videos. His form is improving. And I think it was like the first 12 games of the year at Arkansas, he shot like 38% from three. Now you can talk about reasons why that kind of fell off. Was it just hot shooting at the beginning of the year? Did he have an injury? Who really knows? But as it stands right now, I don't have a ton of confidence that Anthony Black is going to be like a league average three-point shooter this year. Yeah. So I just I do find that it's fair to be like, hey, I don't really see how all of this fits together. And the people that are coming out and saying like, oh, what do you mean it can't work with Markel, Jalen, Cole Anthony, and Anthony Black? Like Anthony Black, can, is he's a wing. It's like, well, that's not really the role that he played at Arkansas and and while I do agree, like defensively, he can do that. And I think he's smart enough to play off ball and, and be a cutter. We're talking about the NBA and 
every single season as it pertains to the magic, we always complain and fuss about how the magic don't have enough shooting and the magic lose games every year. Not all the games that they lose, but the magic lose a lot of games every year because they don't have enough shooting because they're being outmathed because other teams three is worth more than two. And it doesn't matter if you're shooting a better percentage from two. If the other team is respectable from three and you're not, a lot of times the math just doesn't add up and basketball is a sport where you need to have more points at the end of the game than the other team or you lose. Someone so people just acting like it's a, it's a non-issue and they don't have any questions really is confusing to me. Maybe I just don't know ball. Maybe you don't, don't know. which is what some people suggested in the YouTube comments. That was hilarious. And there are sometimes Jonathan where I read comments and I'm like, I'm not even going to bother. But then there's some that are just like blatantly disrespectful and tell us that we don't know basketball as if we we don't do this maybe all year and what maybe, maybe you don't, don't know basketball and we don't watch 82 well, games. Is, I'm it's crazy open to, to the fact that I could be wrong. Like if yeah. somebody can lay it out for me and explain it to me in a way that makes sense, I'll be like, sure. But every explanation that I've gotten so far, I'm like, yeah, OK, but what about this? Right. And, there's and no I'm not I'm it, not right? seeing just... any any resolution to that. Yeah, and and I know like the rebuttal basically from this person was it's positionless basketball, but that doesn't matter. Like like you said, it's a it's it's a league where you need to have perimeter shooters. Positionless that doesn't matter if like positionless doesn't like it still cares about if you can shoot. It is crazy Listen, to me. Positionless basketball doesn't exist if you don't have positional versatility. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you can say positionless basketball, if your point guard can't guard a five, then I don't want to hear positionless. <laughs> if not everybody on the floor can shoot or facilitate, then I don't want to hear positionless because guess what that does? It puts guys into different positions. Yeah. Whether we're talking about traditional positions or if you just want to go creator, wing, off ball, like you know, a rim runner, whatever you want to, if you want to use 2K badges in your conversation with me, whatever. Positionless basketball doesn't mean anything if you don't have versatility across the board. Yeah. And if you don't have shooting at multiple positions and the guy that can't shoot doesn't have the ball in his hands, it hurts your offense. And if yeah. you have multiple guys on the floor, on the perimeter that can't shoot, like I don't, I right now I really don't see how Markel Fultz and Anthony Black could play next to Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro. You don't see how oh them together on the same on the court at the same time plays next to Paolo and Franz. As you're saying, right? Yeah, no, I I am obviously right there with you, and that is why that I think some people will be like, well, if you have in these questions, you might not be trusting the front office, and it's like. Because that's what, how it feels with some people when they when they talk to us about the magic or you see them talk that, you know, if you preach trust in the front office, why do you have so many questions? It's like I can have questions. I have questions about things I love all the time and things that I trust. About things that I deeply believe to my very core <laughs> exactly. that I still so, have questions on every day. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's it doesn't mean that we don't trust the front office. It just means that we think the front office is up to something. And not to say that it's not going to be good and work out for us in the long run, but it just is crazy because we weren't even thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. But it does make me happy and more content knowing this front office has been thinking about this for a very long time. I've said it before. I just imagine they have just like, you know, yarn and, and pens everywhere on a big board of where they want to go and how they want to get there. And we have no idea what that board looks like. Clearly, draft night was another step towards another phase of this team and it does make me excited because it's like oh man they they made this choice for a decision or for a reason that the decision was made to further this team and it's going to break some hearts along the way but it's going to be okay when Paolo Bancaro and Anthony Black and Franz Wagner and maybe Jet Howard are going to be lifting the Larry O'Brien trophy so uh, that's when it'll all be forgiven I'm sure from everybody and Anthony Black, if you come across this, because I don't know, you're a rookie, you're new to Orlando, you probably want to get an idea of what fans are, are thinking about the pick. If you're watching this, we are ecstatic that you are here. Please do not like confuse this for us not being happy that you're here. If you're an Arkansas fan 
please I've seen idiotic articles out there about how the Magic are not worthy of Anthony Black. If you're an Arkansas fan, first of all, ignore the 15 idiots that you see on the internet who act like morons. Ignore them. Overwhelmingly, people are ecstatic that Anthony Black is here. And we know that Anthony Black is a hooper and is a fantastic basketball player. And he's going to be a great player for the Orlando Magic, hopefully for a very long time. We just have questions about the way that this roster is going to look three months from now because I just I have my doubts that it's going to look the same way that it does now. And even Anthony Black probably has questions about how this roster is going to look. And I can tell you that because what he told Jake Fisher right. before the draft. The Magic didn't tell me this, but I would assume that they're going to move some guards if I'm the pick. Yeah. So if the if the kid himself, knowing how good he is, knowing his skill set, has questions about how this is all going to fit, you know what? I think I may know ball having questions about how all this is going to fit and how this is going to work together. Yeah. I would love nothing more than to be proved wrong. I would absolutely love that. It would be fantastic. I'm not doubting the front office. I just don't feel like the painting is, is finished on the 2023-2024 roster. Yeah. That's all I got. I don't know about you. That's it. That's it. I, it turned into mainly Anthony Black talk, which is fine. That's why I said there's less questions about Jet Howard, which is ironic considering he has more question marks to his game. But the the ankle thing makes it very difficult to really dive into Jet Howard because it's like we just have to kind of wait and see with this guy. Is that was that ankle really holding him up that much defensively based on the workouts and the interviews he did? We, they think so. So we have no reason not to think so. They're the one I think so often that as fans, we like to draw conclusions based on what we have seen which is such a little small percentage of what has actually been shown to this front office. The scouts have been to way, way more games. The front office has had way more conversations with Jet. There's just a lot that we don't know. And I think that that's why I think it's crazy that people are so absolute, talking such absolutes about guys like Jet Howard of how much of a reach it was. You have no idea. They could have been hearing that the teams right behind them were showing interest in Jet Howard. And there was things that everybody knew about Jet Howard, but they weren't saying it because they were hoping they could fly under the radar and get him. Which so, he did a podcast with the Knuckleheads and said his best workouts were with OKC and Toronto, who were oh, picking one spot behind Orlando and three spots behind Orlando. So if you trade back to 13 or to 15 for Jet Howard, guess what? Jet Howard very well could be gone. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I just think that people don't know. Um, and it's crazy that they, they talk like they do. Because they don't. And I think that's why I'm all right. I've already accepted Jet Howard as obviously an Orlando Magic and someone that is a great pick in that spot because of everything that we don't know. I don't think this front office makes whimsical decisions. We all know that. I was daydreaming today, like borderline fantasizing about Jet Howard knocking down threes next year in an Orlando Magic <laughs> it's been, uniform. It's been a while. Right. We've had a guy that can just... The reason that I'm now. I'm good with like the Jet Howard pick and the inf- because one, we've been given more information on kind of the thinking behind the Jet Howard pick because it, it doesn't involve so many other players on the roster with them coming out and saying, oh, no, he was injured and we think he's going to be way better than what he was able to show. Like, okay, say no more. That's all I need to hear. If they came out and were like, Oh no, Anthony Black had a wrist injury and that's why he shot 30%. Like he's we think he's a much better shooter than what he showed at Arkansas. I'm like, okay, makes sense here. We're good. Yeah. But the the lack of shooting, I think, does tie more into the questions on how exactly is he going to fit. Because if he was like a knockdown shooter, like, okay, yeah, he can play next to Markel, he can play next to Cole, he can play next to Jalen. Great. We've got our four guards, like we've got our backcourt. We're good to go. But because right now he's missing that piece. Maybe they're convinced that he's going to be a you know a, a above average three point shooter, yeah. And if that's the case, then okay, then all of this makes more sense. But I don't have any information or any evidence telling me that that's what they're thinking. So that's really what I want to know is what is the front office thinking? All right, now I think I'm actually done. Yep, me too. Yep. All right, let's wrap it up. Thank you all for listening. This has been Luke Sylvia, Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. 
If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!